1: On this week's Spoko Radio, we play everyone's favorite game, would you rather? We throw around a handful of different Iowa related this or that questions, ranging from burritos to actual football. We also talk about Iowa's football scheduling philosophy after Wisconsin schedule Alabama and discuss future realignment scenarios and what college football might look like look like in the future. Sit back, relax, and get ready for the boom.
2: Michigan unbeaten no more. Piling on now is Iowa as they crack the 50 mark against the mighty Buckeyes.
0: But when his number was called, seven got six.
1: Welcome to Spoko Radio, presented by Black Heart Gold Pants, SB Nation's community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host,
0: DC. With me, as always, this is Jerry Sherwin. Jerry, what's going on? I just had a guy blow my mind at Buffalo Wild Wings, telling the waitress and his girlfriend that boneless chicken wings are not chicken wings. They are, in fact, chicken bites, and I can't stop thinking about it.
1: Jerry, he just people blow Jerry's mind in all different ways all the single time or every single time. And with us also, it's the people's champ, David Johnson champ. What are your thoughts on boneless chicken wings?
2: See, that's an interesting thought because whenever I want to get boneless chicken wings, my wife tells me that they're basically chicken nuggets and they're not wings. So they are. I guess that's a similar take than than that gentleman had earlier today.
1: If you guys crave Boneless Chicken Wing thoughts. Subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe to the Blackheart Gold Pants podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. If you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and a review. You'll get so many more hot takes than just on Boneless Chicken Bites. Um, and follow us on Twitter at BHGP, at shy peoples champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and at Dave Cray. We will talk to you guys about the Hawkeyes there whenever I had a lively debate with a bunch of people today about uh i would non-conference scheduling which we'll get into in a little bit uh actually why don't we get into it right now the news of the week this week was wisconsin and alabama have announced a home and home series in 2024 and 2025 so my question to both you jared will start with you if gary barter lost the phone numbers to all of the mac athletic directors who should he call the schedule of future non-conference games against
0: He's probably gonna call like Utah. I feel like that's he's just gonna go to the, Pac-12. He's gonna go Pac-12. So part of me wants to just think that he actually goes to SEC and gets the job done and, and does the similar thing. But like I'm just trying to a process of elimination. It's not gonna be Notre Dame because he's not gonna do anything fun like that. If anything, we're gonna get like an Illinois game at Soldier Field, and that's gonna be a big dud. So I feel like Kentucky or Utah or like Colorado are probably the ones that are gonna probably happen. Is that so? The question to follow up
1: that is that better or worse than what we're currently doing, which is Iowa State, a MAC team, and then a another bad team.
0: No, I think Iowa State is a fine program right now to continue playing. Their future prospects look really, really solid. I think Matt Campbell has them in a really solid position. Now, he might be going somewhere in the next year or two. But I think right now, like I th- the Iowa State game matters again. And that's the best thing for Iowa and Iowa State. Because no matter what, if you win or lose that game, as long as it's a tight contest and both teams still end up doing really well in their conferences, it doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't hurt their prospects for for championships down the line.
1: Absolutely, it's it always hinges on that. But I think the question is, would you like to see Iowa play do this do this thing that other big time programs are doing, where they're scheduling more and more other Power Five non conference games, champ? Is that something you want to see this Iowa football team do in the future? Are you happy with the Iowa State plus two lesser opponents in the non-conference?
2: I would like them to go bigger. I think I have the perfect team they can do a home-at-home against. It's not like a crazy big-time team, but I think it would be a fun atmosphere. I think it would boost their resume. And I think it's Virginia Tech. I think you go out to Blacksburg, you play a game against the ACC, a home-at-home home of Virginia Tech. You know, that stadium gets crazy. We know Kinnick can get pretty loud as well. So I think that's like that mid – I mean, Virginia Tech is usually a top 25 team. They're not, you know, a power, you know, going to the playoff type team. But they're good enough. They're good enough to build up your resume. They're usually a 9- or 10-win team. Uh, I think it would be fun. Virginia Tech, let's say, in like 23-24, play a little – home and home and we'll see where that goes maybe then you go a little bit higher than virginia tech but i think that's a good starting point as a as a team like vod would you rather this, and
1: this is go ahead jack
2: no i
0: was gonna say would you rather play virginia tech instead of iowa state in that scenario
2: i think we could play both why not keep the iowa state game and then we play virginia tech as our other non-conference game and then your third game is a mac team you know like we we do not why not boost up the, the schedule early you know, either it's pretty much sink or swim. You go to Virginia Tech, you get your ass whooped, you, what? you know, you rebuild, or you go to Virginia Tech and you get a win, and then you're starting the season off right. And the same thing with them coming to Kinnick, either the first year or the second year. That's, you know, a resume builder for you, or it's, you know, shit, we're going to have a bad season this but year. But you're
1: not going to have a bad season, though. But that, and no, that's the whole said. point yeah. with, like, is arguing for this, is the end goal for, the, for Iowa always is win the Big Ten. You can have both Iowa State and another premier non-conference Power 5 matchup. You could split those. You could heck, you could lose both of them, and you're still in a fine position to win the conference.
2: I mean, that happened last year with Northwestern. I think they went 0-3 in their non-conference, yep. and they represented the West and the Big Ten championship. So, yeah, you're right, and,
1: and to kind of go back to what Coach Fitzgerald was saying at Big Ten Media Days was like he kept thinking phones are the reason people aren't going to games. It's a lack of good competition that their schools are playing. You give bring me a good premier game in Kinnick Stadium, I will make every possible chance I can to make to be there in Kinnick Stadium for that game because it's a team, AIO has traditionally not played, but also a great storyline, and, and being in Kinnick's great. Being in Kinnick for a night game versus a premier opponent, is there's nothing else like it to me in college football. It is an unbelievable and- atmosphere
2: not only playing that home game let's say against the Virginia Tech but imagine how many Iowa fans will then travel to Virginia they'll probably get five seven eight thousand people that'll make the trip because like you said they've never played that team before Blacksburg Virginia is you know a traditionally a cool place to go play a game so you know there's going to be you know fans traveling to that game that's a new city even hell a new state I don't know the last time I was played in Virginia. So, yeah, that, it, it's it's both ways. And it's the same thing for Va Tech fans. They're going to come to Kinnick because they've never been to Iowa before. <laughs> People in Virginia probably don't even know where Iowa is. So, I mean, it's going to be a great
0: little trip for both. I, I agree, Champ. And going back to D.C.'s point, every single home schedule for the majority of the, like the Blue Blood Power 5 programs, Two of those games are going to be cupcakes, at least. And that's just for the Big Ten. The SEC probably has three cupcakes on their home schedule because you pay those teams to come and get their ass kicked as warm-ups. So two games out of every single home season, you're going to watch that crap. Now, if you replace one of those with a home and home with Virginia Tech, yeah, like you said, Champ, people are going to go there to go see under Sandman just, just, just to see that aspect of the entrance. Like, that's one of the best entrances mm-hmm. in all of college football. And then you have them come in for back in black. Like, that just makes a lot of sense for both fan bases to go and check out two different college cities that both do the, the, the actual Saturdays up pretty big. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a solid point. And instead of that, <clears throat> what uh, Gary Barter has alluded to is, is a, another neutral
1: site game in Soldier Field, a la when they play Northern Illinois twice. It sounds like that might be a bit, a bit of, of a better team than Northern Illinois. No idea who that's going to be, but that's kind of – like this is totally hypothetical because both Ferentz and Gary Barter have not really wanted to attack the extra non, tough non-conference game. They, Kirk has always notoriously treated the non-conference as preseason – for the most part, but I I think that you can double down on that. You can make or break your season, as Champ said, from a national perspective, but you can also get better prepared for the Big Ten schedule by playing another tough opponent. And it's just, to me, it makes so much sense in the world to play a Notre Dame home-and-home or go down to LSU and play a home-to-home. People on Twitter were saying, you know, make it fun. Make it a place where people want to go, tailgate, have a fun time, Same same type where the fan base is going to come in, be fun. I mean, Jerry, you and I, we were J M P, were there too. We were all at um, the Outback Bowl versus LSU, and we had so much fun at that game. Just tailgating, met, met random LSU fans, came friends with them. Like having that experience is so much better than just having another MAC team come through Kinnick Stadium again, because. They agreed to play for a certain amount of money. Like, just I want to change it up a little bit. You can either play Iowa State every year, or you can go to the every two years, switch it off, and have bigger, bigger bragging rights on the line every two years when you play Iowa State.
0: Well, and the thing, too, that naturally is going to happen is this playoff is going to go from four to eight teams at some point. So that non-conference schedule, even if you were to lose two of those games or one of those games, but then sweep your conference and get to the Big Ten Championship and win that game, you're still going to find a way to make the playoff, whether or not you win those non-conference games, especially if it's a Virginia Tech and an Iowa State for this example, because both those teams, like you said, Champ, are top 25 teams right now.
1: Yep. Absolutely, Jerry. That's a perfect transition into hypothetical question number two this week. We've got two questions this week. So last week, The Athletic did a whole series on realignment. Uh, Stuart Mandel had a whole f- five different scenarios that could play out, maybe maybe not play out with kind of how college football looks in the future. One of his that caught my attention, and I wanted to ask you guys this, was his idea of creating a premier league of sorts for college football. The way it would work for Stuart's uh, purpose here is four divisions of seven teams per division so 28 teams total and the top two teams in each division make an 18 playoff as jerry kind of said what we're eventually getting to in mandel's kind of piece he put together to put the divisions would be based on a bunch of different criteria the midwest division was as follows iowa michigan michigan state nebraska notre dame ohio state and wisconsin that's Exciting as hell, but my question for you guys both, Champ, will start with you this time. If this was a reality over the course of ten years, if Iowa was in this division, how many times does Iowa finish in the top two in this division?
2: Yeah, that would be a tough division. That would be a hell of a lot of fun, like you said. But in terms of t- a ten-year window, I will give Iowa two times making the playoff out of ten years. I think they can have a couple big years, whether they spread them out or whether it's back to back years. Yes, there's some tough teams in that division. We heard them. I mean, Michigan, you know, but there also is some teams that are beatable. You know, there's Nebraska, there's Michigan State, there's teams like that that you can, you know, beat up on. But yeah, I I can't say it's going to be, you know, six or seven times. I'll. I'll say twice, and I think that's cautiously optimistic. Jer, how
1: many times is Brian
0: Ferentz finishing top two in this future division? Nine times. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm I'm with Champ here. I was leaning towards three times. Because, look, if you look at this division, yes, these are big, big names that kind of come with a lot of clout. They're
1: blue bloods of the
0: sport. Yeah, it has a lot of clout with it. But right now, like, are are we really? And then there's Nebraska. But, uh, yes, blue bloods of the sport. (laughs) Yes, yes, of course. So I just I look at this, and I don't see anybody in here that Iowa can't beat on any given Saturday. And that's with the Iowa game plan. That's the same thing with Wisconsin. Like, yes, in this scenario, Iowa's probably going to have to bring it up a notch, probably in recruiting. Most Actually, most definitely in recruiting, but also in their game plan and also in the way that they attack every single week. But, like, Iowa just beat the shit out of Ohio State not too long ago. Like, Iowa can hang with every single one of these teams. So I think with... Only 28 teams, that all of a sudden makes that talent pool, I think, much, much um, easier and more accessible for a team like Iowa. So that means, like, if you're not getting offers from some of the top 10 teams, there's 18 other teams that you want to go play for in this scenario. I don't know if there's another league, but, like, I'm just assuming that there's not. That or there's just a lower league, like a, a bunch of MAC teams and some Pac 12 teams and stuff like that, that you, you don't really want to play for. So the top
2: and, Illinois right. and So Rogers, the top talent's going to want to go play in
0: this Premier League, and Iowa's one of those teams. So they should be getting these athletes and then putting them through their NFL-type combine. So, I, I totally agree. I th- I'm kind of with you guys two or three times.
1: But I, I think, Jerry, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think the recruiting goes up because I think just out of the supply and demand type of thing, exactly. I was going to get a lot more players than they've historically gone after. And I think you could maybe see that four or five times because of the way Iowa does develop talent. Yep. And I think I, I think we come off a lot of times, at least since we started this show, as very, very optimistic about Iowa. But I think one thing we do believe in is, is Iowa's ability to develop talent. You find kids who are willing to put the work in, who have the right mindset. They're going and get the opportunity. They're going to turn into, more often than not, high-level players who have a chance of being solid NFL contributors. And that's something Iowa's finally starting to kind of publicize a lot more and get more attention. So I, I think this would be a crazy... Like, I don't think this is ever ever going to happen. There's so many logistics. And Stuart Mandel even mentions it. Like, this is super pipe dream, won't happen type of thing. But I do think it's some really exciting. As someone who loves realignment, it's something that I would love to see something radical like this happen because it's something that needs to... It's something that should change. It goes back to the scheduling, scheduling part is you get a ton more of entertaining football games year-round, which
0: is awesome. Jay, what do you got? So, my, I think the real question is here. In a 100-year span, from the moment that thing happens, 28 total teams, if I set the over-under at 0. .5 times that Iowa wins the whole thing, would you take the over or the under? In a 100, in 100 years. years. Go
1: ahead, I'll Dees. take the over. Oh,
2: if you said three and a half, I would take <laughs> wow. the over. Wow! In a 100 years? Somebody's Come feeling on. optimistic this week. I mean, I mean... Well, my point when I when we're going back to that realignment is Iowa has the continuity within their coaching staff that a lot of those other six teams in that division do not have. I mean, when you look at these teams, besides Michigan State and maybe Notre Dame, I mean every other team in the in the last five years has switched coaches out of those seven teams. I mean Notre Dame Kelly's been on the hot seat. I think Frost times. is probably there for in,
0: a good, good while.
2: Yeah, but he also just came yeah. in. He's been in – I mean, Nebraska's changed coaches, you know, four or five times in the last 10 years. I mean, Michigan's changed oh, coaches. He's already on the outs. there for a while. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't win soon, he's probably going to be gone. I mean, when you look – and Wisconsin's – I mean, everybody thinks Wisconsin has these same coaching staffs. They've switched staffs too a couple times in the last eight or nine years. So, I mean, the continuity with Kirk and the staff I think helps Iowa a lot in this – hypothetical realignment division
1: do you guys have any other realignment like general this wasn't something we prepared for so if you guys don't totally fine. but do you have any other thoughts on realignment on how it could be because like, i don't think this this scenario kind of comes to fruition but do you have anything that predictions that you think might happen in in five ten years from now what college football might look like i do champ do you have any
0: yeah, go on, I, I truly first. do believe that the Power 5 programs, or maybe it's just the Power 4, so Big Ten, ACC, SEC, and the Big 12 eventually decide that they are just going to break off and do their own thing, and it's going to be like an NFL-type league of their own. You think the Big 12 more than the Pac-12? Yes. pac is a mess. I think you want Texas and Oklahoma in that. You don't really care because think about just the central location logistically. You don't want to go all the way out west with all these teams that are basically from Texas all the way to the East Coast, plus the time differences, I think that's where the majority of those teams would come from.
1: You're not wrong. My only counter to that is you lose out on the L- L.A. market and all the Southern California kids who are really good at football.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't
2: think you can have a situation like that and not include Southern Cal within the, those teams. And even UCLA. I know UCLA you could, has been down. You
1: could flip the Big 12 Pac-12 rumor from years ago and had the Big 12 take on USC and UCLA. Since Reggie Bush so left
0: USC, how many USC games have you boys watched?
1: I mean, as, uh, as, a, fa- as a son of a Notre Dame grad, many. So yeah, one a year. On
2: TV a lot. <laughs> i mean the, it's nice to get that late pac-12 game on you know it's 9 30 on a saturday you've just watched football all day you're just settling into the couch at that point and you get a nice little pac-12 game you know there's some shootouts in the back there's pac-12. a lot of shootouts i know they're not the football isn't as great as some no. of these other conferences but the games are still fun that
0: league doesn't matter anymore though when's the last time the pac-12s mattered chip kelly's oregon I mean, team the-
2: Oregon's team made a national championship. What was that four years ago?
0: That was the last time they mattered. So,
2: so that's not like a huge. But this whole thing's you know, changed. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. it comes down to the fact that you can handpick teams out of a lot of these conferences, Big Ten included.
0: Yeah, you I just can, think the commissioner it, it, of the Pac-12s completely ruined that entire league. They don't have very good broadcasting. You never get to watch those games unless it is Pac-12 at night. And plus, nobody wants to go and fly out there and play a game right now. The teams no, that I matter in the SEC and the Big Ten and the ACC are not going out west. You're not wrong. I
1: just I just don't think you, in a model where they break off, they're doing so also if with a television product in mind, and you want that. Out. It's the same reason the Big Ten added Rutgers. You want, a, yep. you want big media markets. Uh, any other college football general realignment thoughts, scheduling thoughts? Anything else we'll kick around before we get into our... Would you rather or this or that segment this week?
2: So as you guys know, I'm not a huge soccer guy. I get into it during the World Cup and things like that. But I do understand there are rules in this thing called a Premier League where if you're not good for a, you know, a year or two, you get like dropped to another league. Is that yes, there's tables. That's what happens, right? So I could see college football doing something like that where, you know, let's, say, let's take the Big Ten for example. You have you know 14 teams in the Big Ten. You you know after a year or two, if you're in the bottom two for a couple straight years, you get dropped down to like a lower level. The MAC, and then you got to yeah. Say you could drop down to the MAC or and maybe the Pac-12. Who knows if the pac 12s not around, you get dropped to even if it's just a, a whole league of lower level talent. You call it like the two A or whatever. You get dropped to that. You know, their games are on Fridays instead <laughs> of Saturdays. So people still, people still watch football no matter what time. It, if it's on TV, people will watch it, let's be honest. So you get dropped to that, and then you gotta build yourself back up into the big boys. I could see something of that nature. Maybe not exactly how they do it in soccer, but something like that.
0: No freaking chance. There's way too much money involved for these guys to take a back seat and be at a lower table and hope that they get back yeah, in the but, big leagues.
2: But if they if they're
0: down to the lower table, like I
2: said, they're on on, let's say Friday, even in this let's say they're on on Wednesdays, like a random day of the week. They're playing college football against other teams that have been relegated down there, and then you get a whole nother day of the week for football. I think that would be good for. Have
0: players. you know? Go ahead, Jared. Have you watched an eleven o'clock slate on a Saturday? That's what that is.
2: <laughs> I mean, basically yes. There's an occasional good game on an eleven o'clock. The,
1: the other component to that is if you get relegated, the only way you're getting back to being able to compete at it due to due to having to recruit players at a cycle. If you get relegated that's going to kill your recruiting class unless you cheat. And so even if you do elevate yourself the next year back up your talent level took a hit the year before so you're going to go end up back you're never going to be able to consider seriously can compete in that top conference.
0: Agreed. Yeah,
2: I mean that that's a good point, but then you got to start dropping bags. You got to start thinking, you got to get back up there, you got to do something. It's,
1: I'm going to be really excited to see what college football looks like even five years from now.
0: And that's why the My League thing seems like a decent scenario because in that, in that prospect, the players probably get paid.
1: Well, I think in any scenario, any any radical change, players are going to end up being compensated of some kind.
2: Do we all agree that within the next five years the playoff will expand oh, to teams? for sure. Teams? Yes, 100. Yeah, I agree as well. There's That's
1: no good. way. I mean, there's no way they can continue to leave out a, one of the Power Five conference champions
0: every single year and not have to change. Unless it's the Pac-12 over and over and over again, because nobody cares.
2: And we don't. And we don't think they're going to take out a game in the regular season. They're going to keep it as 12. So potentially teams could play a full 16 games. Yeah. If they play the 13th game in the Big Ten, you know, the championship game. Uh, so no, that would still only be 15. Then they, No, it would be 16 because they'd have to go three so. rounds in the playoffs. So that would literally be an NFL season uh, as a college They're player.
1: basically NFL players. A lot. At, at Alabama, they're basically all NFL players. They don't go to play school, uh, folks. They do not. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break. and When we get back, we will go in through some our favorite things of Would You Rather's to your happy price,
0: Priceline.
2: Would you like to play a little? Would you rather?
1: And we are back. We are going to do our favorite thing to do, as you guys probably know on this show, We would like to play would you rather or this or that, throwing back some hypothetical questions related to the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's li- it's late in the offseason. We're running out of things to kind of pull from. So before we start getting into preview mode, let's have a little bit of fun for one, for one more week before we uh, – get into some actual football. Basically the way it's going to work guys, I'm going to ask you a, would you rather or this or that question? And you guys have to give me your answer and kind of explain why you would go that way. You guys ready? Let's do it. Yes, sir. Jerry, you came up with this question. So I want your answer first. Would you rather have Jim Harbaugh, PJ Fleck or Matt Campbell be the future head coach of the Hawkeyes. Whenever Kirk decides to retire,
0: what a difference a year would make because one year ago to this day, I would have picked Jim Harbaugh without a single doubt in my mind. But at this point, my fellow Hawkeyes, I'm I'm sorry to say it, but if you don't pick it either, I kind of disagree with you. You take Matt Campbell and the way he's rebuilt Iowa State. It is impressive what he's done. The offenses look fantastic. The defense is of a higher caliber. They actually play it, and they're in the Big 12. It's crazy to see what Matt Campbell's been able to do. He, Like we mentioned earlier, just we hinted at it, but he's made Iowa State relevant, which then in turn helps Iowa, and Iowa helps them because it's now a competitive game that people care about. It's not El Asico anymore. This shit matters, and Matt Campbell has made – he's made Iowa state matter in the state because even then, like this little brother shit and stuff like that, like he's the one putting up billboards. He's the one that's making sure that Iowa is the most important thing on their schedule early. You have to get through them. And I just think what he's done is, is been spectacular. And I think he would be able to work at Iowa.
1: Champ, who out of those three would you choose to be the next head coach? of The Iowa Hawkeyes.
2: I mean, it's not even close to me. It's Matt Campbell. Jerry hit all the points right on the head. The one caveat I would make is if Matt Campbell is hired as Iowa's new head coach in this scenario. Brian Ferentz has to
1: be his offensive coordinator. Just <laughs> kidding.
2: No, <laughs> that we both – everybody knows my thoughts on Brian Ferentz thus far. Uh, would be, Jerry. you would have to teach him how to bend yes. a cap correctly <laughs> because it infuriates me looking at how he bends a hat. It's horrid. So he would have to learn how to bend his hat or just stop wearing hats, one of the the fin. But if if he did that, it would be Matt Campbell, without question. You talked about a lot of the things. Let's not forget Matt Campbell has also gotten some guys to the NFL. When is the last time Iowa State has had consistent guys getting drafted in the league, like he has been the last few years under Matt Campbell? He's getting guys to the pros, and that's impressive at Iowa State.
1: Absolutely. It's a, it's a three-way sweep for Matt Campbell out of these options. But I will say, a year ago to Jarrett's point, Jim Harbaugh would be the answer. And I think a year from now, Jim Harbaugh could be the answer again. If he shows an ability to step back, let a modern offensive coordinator come in and, and change that offense, and Michigan has wild success, why wouldn't it be Jim
0: Harbaugh?
2: I mean, Vegas agrees with you. They have the over-under at 10.5 points So they obviously think... Michigan's in store for a big year. I'll tell
0: you who would disagree with you, and I think it's everybody that's surrounding Michigan football right now. I think it's everybody that's surrounding Stanford football. I think it's everybody that's surrounded by the San Francisco 49ers. I think Jim Harbaugh comes in, and he wears thin, and people get tired of his antics and the way he carries himself. Like He's not doing any press or anything around the actual campus of Michigan right now, which is wild. You're a Michigan man, and you don't even want to do little scenarios and go meet with people anymore? It's crazy to me.
1: That's a wild thing for Jerry to say because for those of you who may not know, Jerry Champ and I back in the day had a Chicago-centric podcast where the two of them wanted and pleaded for Jim Harba- Harbaugh to be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. And now, after I probably brought that point up before he got to Michigan about wearing his wel- wearing his th- welcome thin, you did. Jerry is not going reaching into that basket for there. So, my oh my, how have times changed? How the turntables. He's the ultimate
2: fence rider. What do you want him to do? This is what Jerry does. Everybody knows (laughs) that. No, I gather facts and I make a better decision. That we did want Jim Harbaugh to be the next Bears coach, and now I wouldn't want him anywhere near our
1: organization. (laughs) that's That's totally fair. And all right, so I think we all say Matt Campbell. I would throw out, let's see how Jim Harbaugh does this year taking a back seat in Ann Arbor. Let's have a little fun. With the next one, Champ, favorite burrito spot in Iowa City: Chipotle or Pancheros?
2: I mean, this is such an easy question. It's not even close. It's definitely Pancheros. The the mere this is the one fact that you have to go to. At Chipotle and Pancheros, they make the burrito. The quality of the burrito is similar. You want to say let's let's just argue for the sake of the argument. No, we're that not going to argue that i don't agree that it is i think Pancheros is better anyway but then the fact when you get to the end of that burrito making process they take a nice little stick and they stir it all up so you don't have one bite of pure sour cream and lettuce and then your next bite is just meat (laughs) and cheese they at Pancheros do a wonderful job of mixing all the ingredients together so every bite is evenly distributed with meat cheese salsa sour cream lettuce everything is in that bite <laughs> and it just tastes so good the quality you of the burrito the
1: softness of the tortilla to is just
2: so much better than chipotle it's not even close
0: go ahead Jer. you're shaking your head now oh, you no know at dc i'm gonna pass it to you because i have the alt just just you first i i insist I'm, I'm not as hotly opinionated, opinionated about this as many
1: people are who attend the University of Iowa. I am a Chipotle guy through and through. That is my answer.
0: And now to Jerry. Okay. So, in New Jersey, where I currently work and will soon be residing, there is a Ponchero's right down the street from a Chipotle. Okay? So, the other day... My coworkers and I went to Panchero's. Delicious. Always is, always delivers, especially with a little queso on the side with some chips. Then the next week we went to Chipotle. I got my typical bowl, and I asked for the three soft-shell tortillas on the side so I can mix it up myself and then displace it on a tortilla as such. And I realized the supplies from Chipotle is better than Panchero's supplies. So what I did the following week is I went to Panchero's, ordered one big burrito because the tortillas are better, and I went to Chipotle and got my bowl the way it was perfectly supposed to be made. So that is what I would do in the situations being that they're kitty-cornered from each other. I get myself a burrito, and I walk right to Chipotle and get the better ingredients. I mean, typical. Go ahead, champ.
2: So you're saying that you have to now do all this extra work that Ponchero is already doing for you. No, no I'm talking about the mixing of the ingredients Then adding it to a tortilla yourself By the time you do all that The shit's cold anyway And you're not even enjoying
1: it Hang on, champ. In true, in true Jerry form He's going to do extra work To not make a decision
0: <laughs> Or yeah, I'm burning typical. more calories To earn my better meal Because it's going to taste better oh, than yeah, yours yeah, you're burning more calories
2: Sitting in your car Driving from place to place <laughs> We all know you're not walking So I mean, <laughs> Dude, it's a vehicle This is ride. an
0: Iowa City scenario they're across the street it's 10 steps
2: that is true but the fact that you have to do all this extra work spend the extra money to get the better quality tortilla at panchero's just get the everything is better no the ingredients are better at chipotle no they're not you've said it yourself that chipotle gives you stomach issues like one out of every five times (laughs) that was because i was
0: mixing the hot sauce with the um, dressing and that together does a bad combo I've nixed the no, dressing since.
2: I've never had an issue with pancheros. The meat at Chipotle sometimes is undercooked. You don't want to don't get deal steak. With that. If there was a pancheros in Chicago, I would frequent there a hundred percent of the time over Chipotle. Champ,
1: how far out of your way? If there was one pancheros in Chicago, how far away would it have to be for you to frequently visit it?
2: Uh, if it was within ten miles of my current location, I would go <laughs> no there. No shot. Probably three or four times a
1: month. If they didn't have a parking lot,
2: uh, they, uh, they'd have a drive-through window. If they no, didn't they wouldn't. Place,
1: wait, how many places in Chicago have drive-through windows?
2: I mean, I, this is a hypothetical. This is an scenario, El Burrito so logo. My, You're going to Poncheros. I can make up my hypothetical scenario. I mean, come on, dumb. <laughs> I'd find a way. Poncheros is so much better.
1: Their tortillas All are right. better. Let's let's get back to football. Jerry,
0: would you rather always beat
1: Minnesota? Or Iowa State?
0: I'm always beating Minnesota. I'm always beating it because I love the Floyd of Rosedale trophy more than anything else Iowa plays for. The Minnesota game just gets me jacked and riled up, and the fact that there's this used car salesman up there that is offering thousands upon thousands of scholarships to the people that we're spending our hard work scouting and making sure they fit our culture and our DNA at Iowa, and he's just giving them to him willy-nilly, it drives me bananas. P.J. Fleck obviously wasn't mentioned by any of us in the coach question two times ago, so So, yes, I want to beat Minnesota every day of the week, twice on Sunday. Iowa State, as we mentioned, also means nothing to us in the grand scheme of things. Kick Minnesota's ass forever and always. Champ?
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, not only is it more important, hypothetically, during the season to win that game because it's a Big Ten conference game than beating Iowa State. The fact of the matter is I actually don't dislike Matt Campbell. I think he's a good coach, and I – I, I vehemently dislike P.J. Fleck. His whole fucking ensemble that he wears every game his whole roll that's the great. boat shit all, everything about P.J. Fleck is used car salesman exactly like you're saying Jerome and I just can't stand the guy. He might be my most hated coach <laughs> in the Big Ten and he's only been there a year and that's a, that's saying something because I dislike a lot of guys in the Big Ten so it's Minnesota every day twice on Saturdays Beat their good. ass and get the Floyd of Rosedale.
1: It's a clean sweep, like Jared said. Floyd is my favorite trophy. It's it's a conference game, as Champ said. It means it means way more in the grand scheme of things to beat Minnesota every year than it is Iowa State. But my one question to both you: if we were, f- if we grew up in the state of Iowa, would we have a different answer? Do you
0: think? Think so. I'm curious to see, honestly. If you guys are out there, please tweet at us. But I think Iowa fans hate Minnesota a lot. I mean, Christ, we carried their goalposts out of their damn stadium. Like, <laughs> true.
2: Oh, that was so wonderful.
0: I, I know I, the it, Iowa State yeah. thing is is tough blood, and like, I just think Minnesota. I, I think people agree that the Big Ten part of it, plus the Floyd of Rosedale. I just think that adds
2: plus PJ Flack the hatred. Yes, it's all. I don't. I think it might, it might be slightly – we our opinion might be slightly different, but I still think it Did would be Did we hate
0: similar. Jerry Kill and the guy after him this much?
2: No. Jerry Kill was a quality man. Like, you, you kind of felt bad for him because he kept having seizures and, like, all that. I mean, you couldn't really hate Jerry Kill. What
0: was the big guy's name that was eating, like, uh, DQ blizzards on the side? It wasn't the same I mean, guy.
2: That, <laughs> he was, like, five bills, so, I mean, you had to feel bad for him. How too. many
0: buns does he do on his Hawaiian shirt in the summer? <laughs>
2: I mean, he probably can't even button the damn thing. Uh,
1: all right, I'm taking the next one to start things off. Tailgating before a night game or bars before a night game. When it comes to football, the only choice, day or night, whenever the game is, it is to tailgate. I go to the bars every other – when I was at University of Iowa, I went to the bars every other weekend. that it wasn't a home football weekend. When it's a Saturday, there's a game day in Iowa City, I'm going to be tailgating. There's nothing better. Champ, what do you say?
2: I mean, there's honestly nothing better in the world than tailgating. Tailgating is the ultimate camaraderie with friends, family, people. And not only are you drinking, but you're you know doing activities, throwing the ball around, playing bags, playing flippy cup, drinking game. I mean, it's just a wonderful activity. I keep telling my wife you know every year when football season comes around that i really want an rv that (laughs) one day in my life i want to buy an rv and i want to ride it to iowa games and bears games and anything that you can tailgate at. i want that rv to be at so she laughs at me and calls me a moron most of the time but i really want that rv and that goes with the whole tailgating experience it's not even close bars I mean, yeah, we all love the bars. It's fun. But like you said, DC, you do that on, on uh, road games. And you go to the bar, you watch the road game at the bar, or you go before. But game day is tailgating without question.
1: Champ, your wife is a saint uh, for
0: putting up with you. Um,
1: she is. And Jared, what are your thoughts?
0: Yes, it's tailgating a, a million times over. Um, whoever likes going to the bars before a football game, I really, really question your your mental capacity, and I don't really think you like football. They're
2: probably the same people that would pick Chipotle over Pancheros.
0: I clearly picked both, but the ingredients are better at Chipotle. Anyway, don't get me started on this. The real question is, what is your favorite tailgating spot? And I will start. I've had the best times in the dentistry lot. 100%. Yeah,
2: me too. I mean, the depth a lot is wonderful. I also will say that I've had a lot of good times at the um, – what's our basketball stadium's oh, name? Carver. Now? Carver. <laughs> Dude, the Carver lot. There's a lot of fun. I'm, I got football on the mind. I don't have Carver on the mind. <sighs> I mean, it's Carver Hawkeye Arena's lot. I've had a lot of good tailgate times there as
1: well. <laughs> Two questions. One, how many people – how many students at the University of Iowa could you ask that question to? And they uh, also wouldn't know the name of the basketball it, arena. <laughs> It'd be bad.
2: So champ, no. I mean, I went to a lot of basketball <laughs> games.
1: Too. No problem, not knowing that. Number two, <laughs> champ, design your perfect RV for me. How many TVs? What's your TV setup gonna be like? Give me your RV picture here.
2: I mean, that's a good question. So any RV, you definitely have to have a nice, solid bathroom in there. You gotta have, you know, even two if you can find a way to get two in there. Maybe one is like the men's. or Plus, you know, pancheros yeah one is like the ladies where it's a little nicer you're not you know making a making it nasty so if you can get two bathrooms in there somehow that's a key i mean the tv setup you gotta have one i love the rvs where you can go in the rv they got a couple little tvs within it But then when you're outside of the RV, you got the big flatty that comes out from the RV. It's like mounted. It comes out from the RV. You got the dish or whatever cable network you have, you know, sitting next to it. And you can all just sit out there. You put a little table outside the RV. You're drinking, you're eating, you're watching the games before your game. I mean, and then it's gotta be about an 18 to 20 footer. You gotta have some distance on that thing. You gotta have a back bedroom for sleeping because you gotta. And you know, everybody knows for the RVs, you got to get there early for tailgating. So you pull into the lot, you go back in the back, you take a little nap before everybody else is meeting you. You get ready for the game, especially if it's a night game. You got to get there, you know, six, seven a.m. People aren't can't drink all day if you don't long, start in the so. morning. Yeah, exactly. So you get a little nap in till say 9, 10 o'clock. And then, boom, you're ready to go. I mean, you got a couple TVs inside. If you need to get out of the heat or the cold, you go inside, you watch a little TV in there, and you're ready to go, baby. You got to have a night and another key inside is you have to have a nice refrigerating system, whether it's to keep – keep a keg cold you got to keep it in there or if it's just a nice refrigerator itself to keep the cans of beer and alcohol and all that stuff cold that's a key thing you need in your rv
1: well if you have an rv that hits all those criterias hit up shy people's champ on twitter and let them know what your price is and uh maybe he'll be in touch champ i don't know where you'll park this rv in the city of chicago but in your maybe trunk you'll find a spot
2: I mean, we are looking at you know moving into a new place, so we're going to have to have parking in our new place, so hopefully we can find a spot big enough to park an or RV, and then we got it all done. Or safe. just live
0: in the RV. There you go.
2: I mean, yeah, you could just live in the RV. We can. It's like a tiny home. My wife always talks about those, so it can be like that. There you go.
1: You both win. You both get something out of it. She gets a tiny house. You get an RV to tailgate in. Boom. All right. Next up, what are you tailgating with? Keystone light or bush light? Jer? Um...
0: This is tough. I drink, man, I made up this question. I still haven't come up with an answer. I think (laughs) I'm going with Keystone only because I'm a big Keith Stone guy. And I also oh, enjoyed when I used to go to parties back in the day. Now, this is dating us a little bit because I doubt they do this anymore. But you remember in the Keystone 30 rack, they had the middle piece that had a saying on it. And how many houses or apartments did we go into that was a bunch of dudes? And you just plaster them on the wall. And it was just a lineup of all the sayings that they had for Keystone. I did enjoy those back in the day. It makes me feel a little more nostalgic. My answer is Bushlight, only for the camo version of the cans because mm-hmm. I like
1: you can always play the joke of, hey, where'd my beer go while you're holding a camo can?
0: Can't see your beer. I,
2: my answer is both. I'll give me both of them. I'll drink them both. I, I'll drink any beer you put in front of me. You go out in the tailgate, you got a Keystone light, sure, I'll drink it. You got a 30 pack of bush light, I'll drink that too. I'm not a beer snob, I'll drink pretty much anything. So my answer is both. And and, and both I drank plenty of both in college. Both came in 30 racks. The money was there, you know, 12 bucks for a 30 rack. Then you host the party and you keep the cans and you go and bring them back and you get the money back and you just buy another case with them. It's the gift that keeps on giving.
1: (laughs) The gift that keeps on giving. All right, let's get back to football. Fun hypothetical. We talked about it a little bit. And before earlier in the show, would you rather drop bags for recruits to win a national championship that gets vacated or never win a championship ever?
2: oh drop bags not even a question drop as many bags as you damn well please give me a natty i'll i don't give a shit if it gets vacated it'll never get vacated in my heart i will always remember that national championship if it ever happens don't tell me that these national championships that have been vacated from other schools that their fans don't still think of themselves as the national champs that year drop bags give me the national title Deal with the problems later. Any day of the week.
1: Jer, what are your thoughts?
0: So I, I want to say drop bags, but if you drop bags and then your program is just eliminated altogether, and you never get to watch them play football again, is it really worth it? That wasn't the that question. Wasn't the question. Ed, there
2: wasn't an elimination
1: to this question. It just the only the so only take- punishment is that gets vacated.
0: Oh well, if that's the only punishment, yeah. I'll, I mean, where can I sign up? I'll give some money. We are officially the yeah, anti-win-graduate-do-it-right podcast.
1: And
2: uh, I mean, they all call. Iowa calls all of us, I'm sure, asking for money all the time anyway. Is there, a, <laughs> is there a hotline in Iowa City that they can call and say, can I get a few hundred dollars for us to win a national championship? Sign me up for that four or five times a year. I'll Who owns come
0: and go? Well, we'll just like partner up with them. Like, hey, we'll drop bags. Drop it at the come and go.
2: Yeah. And you can get your Keystone and Bush Light there, too. And like, your moped.
0: All about being efficient.
1: All right, champ, this is going to be your favorite question of the night. Future head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes, Phil Parker or our boy Brian Ferentz?
2: The fact that we're even debating this is a joke. It's Phil Parker any day of the week. The guy has proven so much more than Brian Ferentz could ever even hope to prove as a coordinator with the Iowa Hawkeyes. Phil Parker's been there so much longer. He's done so much more. Iowa's defense is a constant staple amongst defenses in the nation. They're always a top 15, 20 unit in the nation. Every year, you're in and you're out. Give me Phil Parker any day of the week. Brian Ferentz, earn yourself some credibility and then we can start talking about you more.
1: Man, Jay, are
0: you, are you uh, going against your, your guy? Are you calling Brian Ferentz the fake ID of Iowa coaches? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> wow, that's tough. Um, and the surprise of the century... <laughs> I'm going with Phil Bryant Ferret. He's got the bloodline. He's got the name. He's got the Patriots offense ready to go. He's got the youth. He's got the enthusiasm. He's got everything you would want in a future coach of this program, and he knows how to win at Iowa. He knows how to do it right. He knows how to win. He knows how to graduate
2: you know what he doesn't have you, you named all the things that he has you know what he doesn't have not he doesn't have the ability to play his best players on the fucking field uh, you know why because he didn't do that last year did you ever question phil parker's oh why isn't hyde out there why aren't these guys out there no you never questioned that with phil parker because he played his best players he even made up a position yeah the nickel we call it it's the cash position baby Bill Parker made that up just to get even more of his athletes on the field. And your boy, Brian Ferentz, wasn't even smart enough to get the number 20 pick in the NFL draft, Noah Fant, on the field when he needed to be on the
0: field. I feel like I'm living in Groundhog's Day. I'm living in Groundhog's Day because you know why? I already had this argument today via G-Chat with Dave or DC today. I already did this. First of all, we don't even know that that was Brian's decision at all. So putting that on him is absolute trash. Two, we don't know that Noah Fant didn't do something or didn't understand the plays or didn't understand the situation to have him out there. C, or B, whatever I'm on, I'll just keep painting. Three, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to. He's it an anymore. English
1: major, folks, not a math major.
0: Oh my God. The fact that, like, Brian Farence gets blamed for this Kirk is awful. There. That's
2: your usual. You like to blame Kirk. Why? I didn't hear a blame for Kirk. Well, it could have
0: been Kirk or it could have been everybody or the fact that Noah fan just didn't work on something that week or didn't understand the situation. They never had a problem playing TJ Hawkinson.
2: Yeah. Well, he should have played them both because they were his two best. I don't
0: disagree, but we also don't know the inner workings of that scenario. So saying that we understand or that it was Brian's choice to bench Noah fan is unfair and unfound.
2: It's not on fairness, offensive coordinator. It is his job to fucking play the players that should be on the field. If he can't do his job correctly, there's no way he could be the head coach of the team.
1: So uh, I'm gonna step in here, as I tweeted about this this past weekend. My I've been very, very, very much drinking the Brian Farron's Kool Aid, and I think I've, I'm coming away from that a little bit. I'm siding with Champ a little bit more. That being said, Brian Ferencz is still my choice as a future head coach. Shocking. Be- because Champ, the, the, all the things Jerry mentioned, although I will say, how many years is Brian Ferencz going to be able to ride the Patriots offense excuse until we actually do see it? I will admit, Brian Ferencz has to... This is a big season for him, and we'll get to that later in before the season starts. But he's younger he's has a little bit of a fresher outlook the recruiting side of things I'm willing to get to roll the dice on Brian Ferentz as a future head coach than I am Phil Parker as a future head coach that those that's the only real difference I think it's a big year it's a big year for Ferentz as we'll kind of see what the offense looks like this year but I'm still going to roll the dice with the younger offensive minded head coach
0: Yep, and when Nate Stanley throws for 38 touchdowns this year, champ, you'll be coming over to the dark side.
2: Okay, let's see it. Let's see it. That's all I keep saying. We're going to have to see it. And you guys just keep drinking the fucking Kool-Aid. It's fine. What color is the Kool-Aid, black or Red.
0: yellow? Red.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It
0: doesn't even have a drinking tip flavor that. at this point. It's just so much sugar. <laughs> flavor's yeah, gone. So it's like those old-school drinks with this uh, the foil top and the... the you know what I'm talking
2: about? Oh, those were great. Where you can just pop it with your finger and just... Oh, those are wonderful. I those are horrid for you too. <laughs> I mean, that's probably why I'm a cool 275 yeah. right now. I drank a lot of those. As I'd
0: polish eight. off three of those and two Dr. Peppers. Right, let's let's get back to
1: to the game here. All right, thank you, boys, for your <laughs> snack choices as tr- as children. All right, Ricky Stanzi doesn't get hurt versus Northwestern in 2009, or Iowa stops L.J. Scott at the goal line in 2015. Jerry, what are you picking?
0: I'm picking Ricky Stanzi not getting hurt. I And here's why I think Iowa, without, with a healthy Ricky Stanzi, wins that Northwestern game, and I think they have a chance against Ohio State. And if they get to that same situation that Vandenberg was in, in in overtime, I think Ricky Stanzi had the magic to win that football game, which means Iowa's then going on and has a legit shot at that title game. And it's not Iowa playing Alabama. In 2015 and probably getting Schlacked I think that Iowa Team with Adrian Claiborne they had a magic They had players that I truly loved I know I was in school for that time so I hold that team a little Bit higher in my esteem but I kind of wish that I could have seen a fully Healthy Ricky Stanzi football team that entire year
1: Uh, I'm with you I, I really am I think that 2019 Was very very special and An untimely injury cost them Of what they potentially could be champ what do you think
2: I think this is the best question we've had thus far. It really got me thinking. I keep going back and forth. I think I'm going to have to go with 2009 as well. Secretly inside, it might not be so secretly. I've probably told you guys this. But in 2009, it was my senior year at Iowa. Uh, they were undefeated going into that Northwestern game, and I had to come home, and I, I was not at that Northwestern game. I had to come home for a friend's birthday, which I was very upset about. I couldn't be at that game, and I secretly blamed myself that they lost that game. I put it on my shoulders. Like, I wasn't at Kinnick. I didn't root him on. I wasn't tailgating before that game. It hurt. I mean, I broke something in my basement after that game. It was a, It wasn't a good moment. My mom, like, was judging me. It wasn't good. But it's got to be 0-9 for me because, like you guys said, they had it was special. That was a special year. They would have won at Ohio State, and who knows? They'd probably go to the national. And title. just so
0: everybody knows, the national title was the Gators versus Sooners. They're both twelve and one, and that was a twenty four to fourteen football game. That's a very winnable Iowa football game. Very true. Was that Tebow? Was Tebow, Tebow was quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, he was the MVP of the game.
2: Yeah, I mean they don't have to play Bama, so that's a, a definitely a winnable yep. game.
1: All right, let's, we went to the back of the history. Let's go to the f- future. Would you rather have the Wisconsin game or the Nebraska game determine the Big Ten West every year? Champ, your choice.
2: Uh, give me Nebraska because I just love beating them. I I mean, Wisconsin I have a mutual respect for because they do a lot of the same things Iowa does. So give me Nebraska.
0: Jerr? I want to beat Wisconsin because I think Wisconsin, until Nebraska proves themselves being worthy enough, I think they are the creme de la creme of the Big Ten West. And until Iowa gets to that same consistency and that same level as Wisconsin, I want to unseat them. They are the king, and I'm taking a shot at the king.
1: You want to beat the best, and in the most recent history, the best has been Wisconsin. Give me the program that you most want to be, it's like Cham said, I respect Wisconsin the most. Let me beat them and let me that let that game every year determine who wins the Big Ten West. I'm, I'm all for, for beating the Badgers. All right. Would you rather, kind of coming off that, would you rather win the West three
0: straight years or go to the playoff just once? Jer. I'm winning the West three straight years because I'm going to the playoff anyways because I was going to win all those games. So straight on to the playoff, baby. Especially right, with Brian Ferentz as the O.C.
2: He'd probably be the head coach. and Might might only just give him the job now. Fuck it. I mean, just give it to him. Um, Give me the playoff one year because even though you win the West, that doesn't guarantee you anything. You still have to go to the Big Ten Championship and win, and that still doesn't even guarantee you to go to the playoff because like we've seen in years past, there's been teams that have won the Big Ten, See Ohio State last year that didn't make the playoffs. So give me the playoff one year. I, that would be so much fun just getting there, even if it's just one year.
1: I'm with you on with you champ on that one. I don't know how I would react. I just couldn't imagine being in a playoff for one year and what that would feel like and what would go through my head. As we, as we are definitely trying to figure out how the heck we get into that game. And oh, yeah. it would be just un unworldly. All right, our last question as we're running kind of long here this week. It is specific to this season as we kind of get ready for what the 2019 season is going to be. Champ, we already know Jerry's answer, so I'm going to start with Champ. Would you rather have Nate Stanley throw 30 touchdowns or A.J. Epinesa record 25 sacks this season? Whew,
2: 25 sacks is The single so season
1: record is 20.
2: I mean... T- <laughs> <laughs> I, personally, I, we all know what I think about Nate Stanley right now and Brian Ferentz. So I'm going to shock you guys. I'm going to say Nate Stanley because if I if Nate Stanley throws for 35 touchdowns. That means Iowa's offense is very, very proficient and is putting up probably 35, 40 points every game consistently. And that means with the defense they have with AJ, Epinesa and and company, that they're probably gonna win 11, you know, probably 11, maybe even 12 games this year. And if they do that, It could be a very special season.
0: Jared, did I misspeak for you, or do we know which way you're going on this one? I think you misspoke for me, DC. Ooh, what do you got? I think Nate Stanley can go for his same 26 that he's had the last two years and be just fine. But if Epinesa has 25 sacks, that is such a game changer on the defensive end of the football. We already discussed what Iowa's defense is. They're already a game changer. So Nate Stanley could just go out there and do what he's already proven he can do and throw 26 touchdowns? That's just average for him. But Epinesa doing 25 sacks, that means that he's still getting through each game plan every single week, and they cannot stop him at all. That is a a de facto game changer that means way more for this team, I think, than Stanley throwing four more touchdowns into this season. I agree
1: with you, Jer. Give me the sacks. Give me the defense. We are Chicago-born and raised. We know what a good defense can do for a team psyche. Give me the sacks.
2: Was it only thirty touchdowns, or did you say thirty-five? Thirty. Oh, I thought you said thirty-five. That's different, no, champ. I'll, I'll give you
0: thirty-five.
2: See. I thought if it was thirty-five, then it would be thirty. Yeah, it's not a lot more than the twenty-sixties average. It's twenty-five sacks. <laughs> it's it's so 20. many. I mean, that's a lot of sacks. I mean, that's literally two a, a game. That's like dominating every yeah. game, pretty much.
1: Yeah. and it, All right, let's say, what is the minimum number of sacks where you're still taking the sack total versus the touchdown total?
2: It would probably have to be 20 or more. Anything under 20. Like, 19 sacks is great. Don't <laughs> get me wrong, but... To be like a, a an insane, insane year, it would have to be over twenty.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he needs to be like the single season record, so twenty one. Okay. I'm with
1: you guys both. All right, that's going to do it for us this week at Spoko Radio.
0: Uh, anything else, guys, before we say goodbye this week? Um, we are going to give you all a chance to answer these questions as well, so be on the lookout on the uh, Blackheart Pants Twitter feed as well as the three of ours. We're going to be putting out polls out there for all of you to vote on um, and get a little into this uh, would-you-rather this or that situation.
1: So make sure you're following at BHGP, at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and I am at Dave Cray. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Go Hawks. Trick or treat Iowa City. If you don't love it, leave it. USA, number one.